if I did a smooch, Mary kill Michael Myers, Freddy Krueger, Pennywise, where are y'all landing? I'm uh, marrying Pennywise. Aaron, who would you, Pennywise, what would you do with him? That's a clown? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, he gets a kiss, a smooch. Teeth are tough. The teeth are tough. Yeah, but then I don't have to look at him if I'm kissing him. But Aaron, he's always trying to get you into storm drains. And I just feel like with your ankle in this economy, that's not going to work. Listen, listen, there's that's a, a good st- point. Listen, there's a storm drain at my new house. And my neighbors and I, we all agreed that when the kids go into school on Halloween day, when they come out, there'll be red a red balloon. balloon. Don't do that. I'm doing it. You I'm can't do that. You can't have the fairy tree without Pennywise being in the storm drain. Jamie, am I to understand that you think the children of Homewood have seen the Pennywise movies? <laughs> no, I don't. But I like the idea of this is going to call out the parents who are like not into me. I'll know right out of the gate. <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode number 473 of the podcast. I'm your host, Max McCoy. And I'm your other host, Jamie Golden. The podcast is a show dedicated to the LIFO agency and we're committed to educating you on things entertained do not matter. To find out more about these preliminary cinematicism of some proceeds, check Crushed us it. out at noxtojamie.com. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at The Podcast and we're on Twitter at PodcastPod. Thanks for joining us this week as we are going to be doing the fall movie preview. But before we do that, you guys, do you... Do you know what our most downloaded episode of all time is? Nox, do you know what our most downloaded episode of all time is? I believe it is the Hamilton episode. It is not. It is episode 288, the Enneagram. The Enneagram. Man, I'm going to fact check you right now, live as we're recording. Do it. Do it. So we love the Enneagram personality typing system here at the PMG. And the godmother of modern Enneagram is, of course, Suzanne Stabile. She co-wrote the Green Light book, The Road Back to You. Knox was a guest on her podcast in 2019. And Aaron and I got to be guests at her live show this summer. And the episode is out now. We included links in the show notes to both interviews so you can learn more about our weird brains as a five, seven, and three on the Enneagram. Also, if you're a BFOTS listening, you know that you may have gotten a very special Hocus Pocus 2 viewing party invitation on Patreon. If you're interested and you're listening, you're like, what? what? We're all going to watch Hocus Pocus 2 together? Uh, yeah, we are. So go to noxandjamie.com slash watch party and learn more. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. All right, Jamie, it's time to do the fall movie preview. I'm so excited because if we're previewing something, that means movies are coming. And uh, after this trash landscape that summer's been, I just, I feel hope, you know, just on a personal note, Jamie, I, you know, I got to see a movie this weekend. Uh, I got boned. 
hard by the Ew. University of Miami in a oh, parlay. I, don't like that I know. I don't like it either. I don't like it either, Jamie. I don't like it. My wall doesn't like it, but I did. That's what happened. We promised you guys. We promised. Yeah. We said like six months ago or whatever. We're like, it's going to be a dark summer. But if you can get through the summer, fall has some some nice nice movies to talk oh, there's about. There's some good stuff coming. Some out really this good fall. stuff. Some yeah. weird stuff. So we're going to talk all about it. Um, but before we get to specifics about movies, we want to uh, slowly prepare you. We're not just going to be like, here are movies to watch, and that's the end of the episode. No, we're going to like really thoughtfully uh, teach you how to go about picking movies. So before, you know, we're going to um, uh, review how we've done in the past, which, spoiler alert, we haven't done a fall movie preview in several years because it's not been worth doing for several years, <laughs> right. but that's okay. But uh, as uh, any season of movies, it's always important to know like how do you pick which movies to go to? You can't just rely on Rotten Tomatoes, okay? You have to actually do your own work. And I'm gonna, we've, I've talked about this before, but we'll revisit it here. Uh, rules for picking movies is, uh, number one, the first thing you look at, this is easy, this is, this is right down the middle, but leading actors, okay? Do you have leading actors you like? Are they in a movie? You should probably watch that movie. I don't know. We're not going to make this that difficult. Like, yeah. they're the obvious ones, like Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, Denzel, Sandra Bullock, uh, Viola Davis obviously go see those movies but there's more subtle ones like for me personally i like daniel kalia lakey stanfield jesse plemons tatiana maslani gugu mothra riz ahmed glenn powell if they're in a movie i'm gonna go see that so we challenge you to determine for yourself who are these actors that you like and that you are partial to and if they have a movie coming up you should probably pick to see that movie okay but that so let me give an example can i give an example of course, of course. and you'll tell me so if i see that a movie stars christopher lloyd and rachel lee cook yeah should that tell me out of the gate? Maybe I shouldn't see it. Well, it depends. Do you really like Chris Lloyd or Rachel Lee Cook? And maybe they have like a romantic thing going on, even though like the generation <laughs> gap is vast. If you like that, yeah, you go for it. But if you're like, ah, I'm not that into it, then yeah, I would stay away from that. What if I told you that movie was Spirit Halloween, colon, the movie? Oh, It's a movie bro. based on the, sh- the store. We have talked about this like three times, and every time we talk about it, I forget that this is happening. <laughs> and I get so excited that oh, it is happening. it's coming. Happening. It's coming out, so... I'm so excited about that. But that's important. Scrutinize and and really think about who the people you like. And if they're coming out with stuff, like obviously go see it. Now, um, let's go to supporting actors. This is uh, a nice cog in the machine of like whether you should decide to see a movie or not. And I think the best way to go about this is obviously if there's like a supporting character or actor that you really are partial to, go see that movie. But more than anything, I think it's better to look at it holistically, okay? And there's a bit of a supporting actor corollary that we have to go over here, okay? And Uh this is in regards to, it probably makes sense, the more good actors that are involved in something then it's probably going to be more good story, right? Does that feel fair to you, that Jamie? That does feel fair. I That's wrong. That, That's incorrect. That's oh, incorrect. No. Okay. If there are too many good leading-ish character type actors or just leading like uh, uh, character actors, probably over three and a half, then you've stumbled into one of three things, okay? And they're all bad. I'll just go ahead and spoil it. Uh, number one, it's a Woody Allen movie, okay? And that's not oh, good. Oh, dark timeline. He's a creeper. He's also past his prime. And we have been told not to talk about pedos and whether or not they're allowed to listen to this show. But I think you know where our heart is. I think we've said it a few times. You shouldn't uh, yeah, do that. We're clear about that. Leading actors tend to um, coalesce around Woody Allen movies. You don't want to do that because he's not a good filmmaker anymore. Also, he's probably a pedophile-ish, legally, allegedly, whatever. Um, uh, another thing that this could be is a heat check movie. Okay? And I think we've thrown around the, the phrase heat check a lot here. And I want to go ahead and define it. Okay. Um, for, for listeners. Actually, Jamie, I want you to define it because we've talked about it a lot. I want to know what you... I always <laughs> I like think, 
things I say a lot, I always like to check in with you and Aaron to see like, do you guys think this is what I think it is? Well, I think Aaron can say what she thinks it is, but I think a heat check is a person does something out of their norm. They do a film out of their norm and it proves that they shouldn't leave their lane. It's a heat check. Now, sometimes an actor does something out of their norm, like an Adam Sandler, and you're like, well, that was worth it. That's a heat check that paid off. But sometimes heat checks do not pay off, like when you are Judy Dench in Cats. Okay, okay, okay. That's your definition, Aaron. Do you uh, do you want to make a run at it? It's a it's a ball term. It's a term for sports. <laughs> and what what happens is like Steph Curry, he is like he's killing it, right? Like he's just nailing all those threes, okay? Mm-hmm. And then so he's like, I'm gonna shoot from the middle of the court, the fifty yard. No, uh, what's it called? Uh, the mid court. The center. I would have I would have given you fifty yard line, but I appreciate that you're trying to be right and be uh, better. And then he's so he's going to shoot it from there to see if he's like a if he's like basketball Jesus that day. Aaron, you know did you I look mean? that up? Because that's no. that is exactly what it is. That's I like know exactly. that from Grantland. Okay, that, that's that's what it is. So you both are you both are right. It's it it involves someone kind of going out of the realm of normality for them. But it's it's just when someone's so on fire that they do something weird to be like, "Am I Jesus?" And I just don't know it. And if they if they hit the shot, they are Jesus actually. But if they're not, <laughs> which is usually the case, I would uh, like to gently rebuke that. But yeah, <laughs> wrong show. Right. Can't do that here. Never. You're not allowed to do that here. Oh, so uh, a, a good example of this is um, when a director has like all the buzz, all the power, all the swagger, and they want to see if they can do something ambitious. See, don't worry, darling. We talk about this in the more you know uh, this week already. But it's it's when you take on a little bit more than you should, and you try to make a movie, and it doesn't always go well. So that's another example of having too many um, actors in a movie that crowded out a little bit, right? Right. Okay. And the last one, and this is a simple one: too many actors, too many leading character types or supporting character types. This is just a beach house movie. This is just a beach house movie. This is when a studio oh, yeah. wants to own a piece of creative real estate or needs to make something so they can retain the rights to a piece of IP, there's a big budget, everyone's just doing the bare minimum, clocking in at nine, clocking out at five, and everyone's just gonna buy a beach house after this is over. So if that's the case, if you're seeing two over three and a half leading characters or leading actor types, you wanna be careful of these kinds of movies. Do you feel like that's a fair scrutiny, Jamie? Oh yes, there's a quintessential beach house movie coming out with a pair of old school Hollywood stars <laughs> that it is 100% Getting them a Tahiti home. I <laughs> yes, it is. I guarantee it. I a second Tahiti it. home. And I can't yes. wait to talk about George Clooney and Julia Roberts. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll wrap up here with Screenwriter and Production House. Screenwriter, again, if, as a rule, if there are over three and a half screenwriters on a project, that movie's going to be garbage. Don't see that movie. Don't spend the time on it. Um, but like Phoebe Waller-Bridge, uh, Michaela Cole, the Coens, Damon Lindelof, did you just swat a gnat? Did you swat a gnat? I did. I you did. did. Mm, we don't know wow. where they're coming from. We don't from. have any plants in We don't here. have any plants anymore. Interesting. I think Interesting. it's Arab's drawer that she has all her secrets in. <laughs> the uh, the hoarder drawer? <laughs> she giggled a little like, no. <laughs> yeah, it is. And then lastly, production house. Uh, production, like uh, associate, if you see a common thread of like movies that you enjoy, like for me, I always love A24 movies. I think that's probably the same for you, Jamie, and probably a lot of people. Um, uh, if they come out with something, maybe give it a shot. Blumhouse is also really good. And the inverse of this is Netflix. If it's on Netflix, it's probably not going to be a good movie. I don't know why. That's just what it is. You know, Knox talked a little bit about like, because I, I do think that is a perfect formula for how to figure out whether you should see a movie. If you want like a little backup, you can go to Rotten Tomatoes. But mm-hmm. to be clear, Rotten Tomatoes is complicated because I think you should look. If a if a movie has a similar 
critic score and audience score, that is a trustworthy score. Yes. Because that means we all agree that this is what it is. But sometimes you have movies that get uh, review bombs. So, for example, The Greatest Showman. Critics did not love it, but the audience loved it. Well, The Greatest Showman is a fantastic film. Mm-hmm. We all know that. That's just science, right? And so that's an example where you go, you know, 57 is not a great score. It's not even, you know, it's not even certified fresh, but that's okay. Our, my favorite example is the greatest difference in a score, a critic score and an audience score in history goes to the movie The Last Jedi. Because it's a 91 critic score and it's a 41 uh, audience score. Knox, why do you think that audience score is so low? I don't don't understand how it's a 91 critic score. That's crazy to me. Oh, I love The Last Jedi. I thought Ryan Johnson. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of the, the... the last Rises. bad Skywalker oh, or no, whatever. No, no, no. no. no, no. The last, last Jedi. The yes, Johnson, you are. Ryan yes, Last Jedi was amazing. That's the Ryan Johnson. Yeah. Movie. The, the reason yes. the score is so low is because guys who sit in their basement who are like, I don't want this lady to win unless she's earned it through blood. And like, <laughs> those are the same people who are all like, Charles is a great king. He's gonna yeah. be amazing. Like, this should go fine. <laughs> My favorite is Don't Worry, Darling, which we did again. I saw this weekend. We talked about all the the pending drama that happened right before the movie came out. Yes. And then I talked about what I thought about the film. And its critic score is 38, which, by the way, is too low. That's too low. It did yeah, not deserve that's way a 38%. Too low. And then the audience score is 79%. That's too high. That's too high. That is that's also too high. I also saw it this weekend. <laughs> okay, so, see, then we can uh, yes. talk about it. So we, we can talk about this online. See, that's the Harry's. So, um, so I think when you can find one that is similar. Also, guys, if you're looking to see movies for cheap, like because we're going to tell you about some amazing movies that are mm-hmm. coming out, I would suggest getting you getting yourself to either an AMC theater or a Regal theater. And yes. the reason for that is both of them have membership programs that cost around $20 a month. And then like Regal Unlimited, you can see a movie every day if you want. You can see 30 Dang. movies. And it is like basically $21 a month. Okay. With AMC Stubbs, you can see three movies a week. So with both of those programs, if you're the kind of person that you're like, well, is it worth it? It is worth it if you see two movies a month. If you see two movies a month, it's paid for itself. Yeah. And like us, I mean, I see a couple, you know, in a month, I'm going to see four to eight movies. And in the fall, it will for sure be at the higher point of that. So I use AMC Stubbs. I love it. And so, and you also get some discounts. Yeah, I, I as well. And it's very much worth it. It, it helps with yeah. the popcorn uh, and the price. Uh, going back to Rotten Tomatoes really quick, I, I just want to add on, I, I feel like for the most part, if it's a movie about, if it's directed by a woman, written by a woman, starring a woman, you probably definitely can't trust a Rotten Tomatoes score. Because yeah. the the trolls and the incels on the internet don't want it to do well, so no you got to scrutinize that. For ladies, and if no it's got good. anything to do with a gay person, can't trust a Rotten Tomato score. You're just going to have to look somewhere else to get the some movie. Bros is coming out this weekend. The reviews are already very complimentary about this movie, but also on IMDb, there are already negative audience reviews, and no one has seen the film in sure. the audience. Like it has not released yet, and so even Billy Eigner had to come out and be like, "Hey, you guys." It's like a four on IMDb. No one's seen it. Don't listen to them. Are you saying it's unfair to review a movie based on not having seen it yet? I don't know. Ah, Garbage people on the internet. I will say the trailer looks terrible. It it genuinely looks terrible to me. I have some concerns, but I look forward to seeing how uh, it performs. Listen, we uh, we believe here at the PMG that every, no matter where you come from in life, no matter what your background, you should all have equal opportunity to suck Mm -hmm. at your movie. You That's should right. have your story told and have so many times your stories told that you're like, well, that one wasn't good. Like, that's yeah. the dream. That's the My dream. hope is that I have a dream, Jamie, I do, that all walks of life and all sexualities can underwhelm me and provoke my that's criticism. Right. <laughs> 
my no. dream has come true because guess what? Carrie Washington is not a good actress. I feel free being able to say that now. <laughs> now that we have lots of options, she's not a good actress, you guys. And she good for just, her. Good for good her for, for being her. bad. Good for her. That's right. <laughs> okay, so uh, we're gonna check ourselves and see how we did in the in the fall of uh, of your the fall of old 2019. <laughs> Gosh, but before 2019. we do that, I, I do want to encourage people. All of our show notes are so important and so pivotal and so much a part of the process of podcasting. But this episode in particular is one where you really want to watch the trailer uh, along with what we're talking about. That's right. That's right. So let's look back at 2019. Oh, our tiny little us that didn't even know how we were still thinking we were going to go on a 13 city tour. What adorable little wow. idiots we were. So well, here's how we did it. Back then, we did because Knox kind of sometimes changes the language. So then it was winners, losers, and dark horse. Okay. Like a dark horse. Okay. Yeah. So in October, we said, <laughs> I feel stupid. I said that a winner would be Zombieland colon double tap. Okay. Uh, and you disagreed. You disagreed. And you said, I think the window has passed. I think you can't wait that long for a sequel, which I do actually think is a brilliant way to evaluate should you see the sequel. Sure. Has it been 15 years since we've seen Enchanted? Maybe we shouldn't see Disenchanted. Maybe we you know don't go I mean? back to it. Yeah. That's right. And then I also said that I thought Judy would be a winner. And guess what? It was. It won an Oscar. So it was, literally. Yeah. That's right. And your winners were, <laughs> you're not ready. <laughs> Lucy in the Sky. Do you know okay. what that movie's about? I do. There's uh it's Natalie Portman wears a diaper and and somebody she doesn't somebody. wear a diaper. They don't make her wear a diaper in the movie. Man, for but real? Like, I never spoiler, I never actually saw that movie because it was so no, bad. Because you said listen, you picked it because you were like, John Hamm is in his sweet spot because he's playing a douchebag. Yeah. And she yeah. Goes, but you said, I am nervous about this one because I am a little bit of a trailer slut, and this trailer was really good. I I've uh, nothing's changed. I still am a trailer slut. So so watch out. Hey, can we talk about John Hamm's work in the progressive commercials really quick? He is doing No, I don't see commercials. Why do a you plus watch work. so many commercials? Oh, for sports. It's you sports, man. See. It's sports. So oh, every right. single CBS, SEC football break, there's John Hamm trying to get Flo from Progressive to like him. And Jamie Flo's not buying. <laughs> She's not interested in it. And I love it so much. It's so well done. God, that's pretty good. Well, your other winner was, of course, Joker. Um, and guess what? It had 11 Oscar nominations. That was an excellent choice. I would so. say we're all losers for having seen that movie because we yeah. walked out of that and I was like, I feel terrible about everything. It's not great. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the loser, I said the loser would be Gemini Man. And I went hard after uh, Will Smith because I do not like de-aged Will Smith. I think yeah. I said in that I don't like father Will Smith, Instagram okay. Will Smith. I only like TV show Will Smith. And so yeah. that was pretty vicious. You uh, said the loser would be the movie Jexy. Do you remember what Jexy was about? I don't even understand what that is. I don't Listen, know what that is. Neither did is I. Adam even, Devine? Yes, it's Adam Devine. Okay. Um, it's a 21% critic score, 71%. Uh, audience score. So there's, there's some guys in some basements that you really connect with. Well, then, see, I think I think you take that one because that was a little prescient with Will Smith about what he would get up to. That's later. fair. That's, that's fair. basically pro- prophecy. And then our dark horses. Mine was the lighthouse. I stand by that. That movie is weird but awesome. Yeah. Okay. You stand by the movie where our Pats is is janking it, <laughs> that chain with William no, Defoe watching. Like anything. Yeah. <laughs> and then your uh, your dark horse was Jojo Rabbit, which Tyga oh, yeah. won an Oscar for okay. writing that. That was a good one. So that was a great yeah. choice. November, we were like pumped, ready to go for November. Because November really is, I think, the best month for movies, always. And the winners, I picked uh, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Tom Hanks got nominated right. for an Oscar for that. Um, I did Knives Out, again, Oscar one. nominated for the screenplay. And then I even went on a limb and said Frozen 2, although we were worried 
that it would be weird. Like we didn't know maybe Frozen 2 would be bad. And yeah. I would say Frozen 2 is fine. I mean, it was fine. The music's pretty good. There was an army that was just lost in the forest for like 30 years. And yeah. I don't know. I just, I have more, I respect the military and Frozen 2 doesn't. So <laughs> interesting. Okay, good. So your favorite winners were, you predicted Waves, which Waves is a fantastic film with mm, Sterling K. Brown. It you is. also said that you were very drawn to it because Frank Ocean was the music. And yeah. you you Guilty. have a blind spot for him. Then Ford versus Ferrari again. I don't know why. It's almost like it was a great movie, but it's not something you go back and watch. But I still stand by that Ford versus Ferrari was a great film. It's a very entertaining movie. Uh, Clay from uh, right. uh, Outlander is in it. Right. And then I, the thing, I won't spoil the end of that movie, but they kind of just like kick you in the sack. And they're yeah. like, well, have a good day. That was it. Well, that was There's, what happened. Yeah, I know. That's a true but story. like, I've been trained and conditioned to not expect that. Like Thor comes back and he's still alive, oh, yeah. or Thor teaches a kid, a, an army of kids, how to fight evil, and like it works out in the end, but not in that movie. I'll tell not you that in that right movie. Now. And then your third winner was The Irishman, and it did get God, ten Oscar nominations. It did, although but I, I do hated not think it. it. Yeah, I hated it. So, and then my losers. <laughs> this is a weird juxtaposition. Charlie's Angels again. Right. That I stand by that. That was a yeah. horrible film. And then Harriet. Also, guess what? I stand by it. Harriet was not a good film. And Leslie Odom Jr., not a good actor. Like, that's oh, another one. That's the one where they shot it in, like, two rooms the whole movie. And they that's wouldn't right, move out of two right. rooms. And yeah. Joe Alwyn was in it. And, listen, I like Cynthia Erivo for, for life. But that is not a good film. And then your loser was Midway. And you called it Pearl Harbor on a Groupon. <laughs> Which is really tragic. And then you also uh, gave an L to Motherless Brooklyn, which also uh, was not a great film. It that's was not Edward good. Norton. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's he Edward wrote Norton. it, directed it, produced it, like did the music for it. It's like too much. I think we were the last people on record to ever speak about that movie. Like I've never heard anyone be like, you know what's true. a good flick? Motherless Brooklyn. It's that's good. right. Um, and then our Dark Horses, I said The Good Liar, mostly because I knew there would be nudity, and I thought Helen Mirren or Ian McKellen would be nude. They were not yeah. nude, by the Man. way. Not cool. Uh, which was unfortunate. But then my other Dark Horse was Queen and Slim, and that okay. is a fantastic film. That's a very good one. Your Dark Horses were Honey Boy. Okay, okay. Honey Boy's a good it's film. complicated. To be fair, Shia LaBeouf did just come out and say he fabricated all the abuse about his father, that his father actually was great. And very loving and never abused them. So, okay, that's not good. Um, no. The uh, I will. Okay, so that's like we're just we're saying that's not good. Period. Right. right. End of period. that statement. Right. Now I'm going to move into a different statement. Okay. It is a pretty smart, cynical move to be like. Also, during all of this Olivia Wilde stuff, I just wanted to say that my dad is cool and chill, and he didn't tell me I have a, a tiny pee pee in the beginning of that movie, which is a tough. That's one of the tough, one of the worst opening scenes I've ever seen in my life is a father telling his no. son his pee is too tiny to it's, do pee pee. It's dark. It's I don't like it. And Aaron, have you seen he, Honey Boy? No. No, I have not. Has anything we said has any, made you think I should see that? Said, have you seen any of them? No, I have not. No, I saw uh, Frozen 2. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think Motherless Brooklyn is about, Aaron? Oh, uh, that sounds <laughs> awful. I don't I, think I would I don't know what that. Motherless Brooklyn is about, to be honest with you. No, I don't so, know either. Don't Your other uh, Dark Horse was Last Christmas. That was a mistake. Um, we had a debate on, first of all, would you remember who stars in Last Christmas? Is Khaleesi in that? Yes. That's the one where I like, they spoiled it in the trailer. I was like, in oh, she's dead. Yeah. The end. No, yeah. it's so bad. But I made the case that I thought you were right because I thought Amelia would have the most success post Game of Thrones. You said it would be Lena Headey. We were both wrong. Nobody's had success after Game of Thrones. Okay, I will. Can I submit to you? Okay. Sophie Turner 
in Do Revenge where she freaks out about doing cocaine. <laughs> She's probably, That's the best that anyone's done. Listen, it took me a hot minute because I did not know she had a cameo in that film. And I was like, why is this random British ginger here? Yeah. And I could not recognize. And I was like, She's 40 years old. She's and I was like, <laughs> She's there to ski and do blow. And that's what she's doing in that movie. And it's really well done. Okay. Finally, for December, we did winners. I said my winners were Marriage Story. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Laura good Dern one. won an Oscar. Little Women. You also agreed with Little Women. Very good movie. Fantastic. I said Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. That was a mistake. You called J.J. Abrams in that episode the Tim Tebow of filmmakers. Dang. And dang, does that not still apply? Dang. JJ, JJ, I, <laughs> I apologize to everyone so for that. Although, to be fair, you your winner was Bombshell. I don't know what that is. What is uh, that? That's the story about the Fox News anchors where Charlize Theron is. Uh, oh, it's fine. It's, it's fine. fine. It's and then good. Just Mercy, which is a good movie. That's like, good. That is a, that's good, a good, movie. good one. And then we both, uh, we actually said in unison, we were like, say in unison what we think the loser of the month will be. And of, of course was Cats. And it was, oh. it was the darkest timeline. And then I also said that Play Mobile, the movie, would be bad. It was. It yeah. has 18% on mm. Rotten Tomatoes. And then you said Jumanji 2 was poorly named The Next Level, which is a sign it will not be a good film. Yeah. And it's fine. It's fine. It's, it's not bad. great. It's bad. <laughs> look at me. It's bad. It's, okay, I, look, I maintain if they would have kept the buttholes on the cats, it would have been a fine movie. Because <laughs> at least it would have been realistic. You know? At least we understand what we're dealing with here. So our dark horses, uh, I said Uncut Gems, which, mm. how lovely was that? He was famously shut out of the Oscars and then he made a statement. He said, bad news, Sandman gets no love from the Academy. <laughs> Good news, Sandman can stop wearing suits. Listen, <laughs> I love anyone who refers to themselves as a nickname. And then I also said 1917, which did get 10 Oscar nominations. And yes. it's a great film. It is a good that film. Is. You said A Hidden Life by Terrence Malick, which I think is also a great film. Yes. I actually never even saw it, but I've heard oh. really good things. Oh, so. I saw it. It was excellent. Bad job so. by me. Yeah. So we did a pretty good job. There were a couple of outliers that we had hopes for that did not deliver. But for the most part, I think we did a good job making recommendations. So I think the conclusion is you can definitely trust us uh, as we do movies. Um, let's take a quick break and then we'll come back with our October preview. This episode is brought to you by Pear Eyewear. I just love a reason to celebrate a niche pop culture themed holiday, don't you? Whether it's April 25th, known as the perfect date, when all you need is a light jacket. If you know, you know, or better yet, May the 4th. I'll gladly go all in. I was trying to think of a fun way to decorate R2 Dusty in honor of this most holy day of the year. And then I found out that Pear Eyewear just launched a Star Wars theme collection. Now I think I might have to celebrate by getting some new top frames for me instead, because the force is just that strong in their newly launched Star Wars collection. You guys, I'm not even joking. These frames are so adorable. And when I saw that they had a Grogu gradient, I could not contain my excitement. They have 21 unique designs that are all perfectly niche in the most delightful way. Their interpretations of familiar Star Wars icons are like fun Easter eggs that you can easily snap onto your favorite glasses whenever you're in the mood for a change. I love that their frames are so affordable at just $25 and that changing them is so easy. Hearing that little snap when you change out your frames, so satisfying. From legendary battles to formidable icons, these epic designs are for true fans. And whether you side with the Rebels, the Dark Side, or the Mandalorian, Pair Eyewear has got you covered. One pair, infinite possibilities. Go to PairEyewear.com and use code POP for 15% off your first pair and support the show by mentioning that the podcast sent you in your post-checkout survey. That's P-A-I-R, eyewear.com, code POP. 
This episode is brought to you by our amazing sponsor, Olive and June. As a longtime user of Olive and June and as the chairman and co-founder of the We Don't Wear Open Toe Shoes If Our Feet Are Not Presentable Club, I don't think we talk enough about their petty system. Listen to me. Now, the weather is getting warmer. I know you're going to be tempted to go out without just like even acknowledging your winter feet maybe need to just have a little buff. You know what I mean? And I'm going to need you to stop right now and order a petty system immediately. Like their Manny system, Olive and Jean's petty system comes with everything you need to get those feet ready and presentable without the hassle of going to a salon, including the Posey, which is this brilliant footstool that opens up and you can use it to store everything in. It also comes with a smoothing foot file and hydrating foot serum, which are both mandatory if you ever plan to be around me with your toes on display. I just love how generous they are. And they just sent us the quick dry spring collection and the Kalazog Gorgina. They truly have the best shades, whether you like bright colors, pastels, or neutrals. The Kitten Quick Dry is my go-to neutral shade, but if I'm in the mood for something fun, I've been reaching for Flamingo, which is this bright coral pink shade that is just perfect for spring. Just like their regular polishes, the Quick Dry are super long-lasting, and the best part is they dry in just about a minute. I'm as obsessed with the Quick Dry for doing my pedicures as I am with the tab press-ons for my manis because they are so quick and easy and give the best results every single time. Visit oliveandjune.com slash podcast for 20% off your first system. That's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E.com slash P-O-P-C-A-S-T for 20% off your first system. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big, small ones, whether it's the stress that comes with planning a big event, having to redo the electrical in your entire house unexpectedly, or simply having to go on a picnic lunch when you'd rather be home pantless watching your favorite show. Stress is truly a universal experience that if left unchecked can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space where you can get things off your chest and work through anything that's weighing you down big or small. I've truly noticed such a difference in my stress level since I started therapy years ago, making it a priority and a consistent part of my routine has allowed me to relieve my stress stress in a very safe environment instead of bottling it all. As someone who has a hard time sitting in my feelings, it's given me the habit of reflection so I can identify and deal with stressors early on before they overwhelm me. BetterHelp is a convenient, flexible, and entirely online, making it easy to stay consistent. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash podcastpod today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash podcastpod. So the weather's getting warmer, and I'm so excited to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters, and hello to dresses and tees. I'm so glad that I found Quince, because not only can I update my wardrobe for the long haul, but I can do it without spending a fortune. Even penthouse Jamie, she's trying to save her cash dollars in this economy. Y'all know how I value quality, and I want to find timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. Now, Quince has just restocked their $40 linen wide leg pant, which I am super bummed to try. They have such a nice drape to them and they're 100% linen, which means they'll be super breathable and I'll feel like I'm wearing no pants at all, which is my preference. I'm also loving the look of the organic cotton gauze roll sleeve shirt, which is also $40. Guys, true story. Like they have great pieces. I am obsessed with the cardigan I have and the sunglasses I have. The Leon sunglasses are dope. Their prices truly cannot be beat. All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands because they partner directly with top factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics. They cut out the cost of the middleman and pass that savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pop for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e.com slash pop to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash pop. All right, Jamie, let's start with October. Um, I want to talk to you about winners for October. Okay, I, think I want to hear them. This is fairly obvious. And typically, 
you know, I think the interesting part about doing movie previews so uh, uh, far after the last one we did is I think it kind of reflects the sea change in movies because it's not necessarily the smaller, um, mid-major, micro-budget, but like a really, really good story and an auteur. This is like big stakes, big budget. This is the kind of stuff you're going to see in the winner's category. Uh, So I've got the first one is The School for Good and Evil. Um, I think this is going to do incredible business. Uh, This is based on the books of uh, Salman Chanani. I I, I listened to how to pronounce that, so I hope I got that correctly. Uh, It's directed by Paul Feig. It is on Netflix, which is, is troublesome. I don't love that. I know, and he and even Paul Feig, he does not have a great track record overall. No, like no, 50, he doesn't. 50. It's like a now, 50-50. And again, this uh, this violates my principle of too many good leading actors because there are a lot in this, but I think it's, uh, it's uh, quelled by this is a kid's movie. Um, so it'll be okay in that respect. Um, cause you've got, you got Rachel Bloom, Kate Blanchett's voice, uh, Charlize Theron, uh, Ben Kingsley, Larry Fishburne, Carrie Washington, uh, oh. and it centers around, uh, <laughs> Carrie Washington, you know, again, I don't think, I think her presence actually ruins the movie. Yeah. The, uh, Jamie's favorite actor, Carrie Washington, uh, and Rob Delaney, Rob Delaney's in this, Patty Lapone is also in this, but basically for the storyline, if people don't know, uh, it, it's based around two main characters who are best friends, one seemingly good, one seemingly bad. Uh, and they get placed in what feels like the wrong schools. The good one gets in the school for evil. The bad one gets in the school for good. Hijinks ensue, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I actually, I don't know why, but uh, for the Wondering Years, I was at like a book fair deal where we present our books, and he was presenting one of his books, and he did a whole talk, and it was so interesting, so captivating. I was like, I've got to read all these sto- all these books, and I never read any of them. So I'm excited to now read these with my kids. Uh, okay. But I think this is going to do really good business. I'm going to set the over-under at 88.5, Rotten Tomato score, and I think it's going to be over. Oh, I do not think so, but okay. You don't think so? No. Why not? I, I, well, I'm not the target audience for it, obviously. This is a sure. kid's movie. But it just feels like... There's too many families who are like, witches are bad. <laughs> like, I okay. can't, okay. you know what I mean? I don't yeah. know. I don't have confidence in it. But I do think you make some really good points about in terms of the right players and this based on a book series. Plus, Netflix has probably invested a lot of money in this because they want it to be a continuing series. Yes. And so my guess is they've put a lot of money up front to make it really look stunning. So I think Netflix does, saw this and they're like, this is American Harry Potter. Let's cook. Let's go. Yeah. And yeah. they've got Charlize as like uh, uh, McGonagall. Which I think is un- it's an upgrade. No shade to McGonagall, but Charlize as a headmistress uh, type is is an upgrade. She's just very hot. Yeah. Like um, the hot. other movie I think is going to win is uh, sadly I say this uh, Black Adam, uh, starring The Rock. No. I think it's going to I think it's going to make a lot. Now we need to qualify what we mean by win. When I say win in this respect, I mean it's going to make uh, an ungodly amount of money. Oh, Critically, I, yeah. I don't think it's going to be. I, I would be stunned if it's over seventy percent on Rotten Tomatoes, but I do think. The Rock has kind of cornered the superhero market. I feel like DC's kind of really reset. Um, you've got the uh, Aldous Hodges, Hawkman, Noah Centineo, which I got to be honest with you. If, I, if I'm looking at a whiteboard and I'm like, who are we building? What heroes are we building around? And Noah Centineo is on that list. I'm like, I feel like we can do better. I feel like we have yeah. misstepped with that no, casting choice. You have misstepped. My concern about Black Adam is that uh, – Dwayne Johnson signed this contract in 2014. Yes. Thinking that that movie was going to get made. Yeah. And it has not. And I, I know you're like, DC's reset. It, yeah, they canceled all their movies, and they're trying to ha- figure out how to get out of the Ezra Miller mess that they're in. So I don't, to me, this feels like 
he, this feels like a beach house movie. Like, he oh, you was think like, so? Yeah, like I think he wanted to do this character, and he did. He famously said, "I have pursued this character forever," and but I don't know that DC. When did DC last deliver? Was it okay. when we last did the fall movie preview? This is this is a great question, and I think in a lot of ways, I'm gonna make I'm gonna do a pop culture sports translation. The uh, DC is like the Chicago Bears, okay. where they're just That's always screwing team. up. It is, it is. But see, what the Bears do is like they always draft a quarterback. And they'll be like, well, you can't fire me. We've got to see how the new quarterback does, right? And that's what DC's doing. Like, you can't fire me. We'd see how The Rock does. And then we'd see how Noah Centineo does, you know? And then you buy enough time to, like, keep going. That's kind of what it feels like Black Adam is. I, I think this is going to be an interesting case study of how influential is Dwayne Rock Johnson? And how, can, how many of his followers can he access to go see this movie. Oh, that's true. That is a good point. Because I think there, for a long time, there's been this concept of like, oh, if you have a lot of followers online, they'll go see your movie. I think about uh, this weekend was Netflix's To Dumb. Uh-huh. And when I saw Reese Witherspoon say that she is in a rom-com yeah. with Ashton Kutcher, yeah. I almost died a thousand deaths. <laughs> you don't I like don't want to see that. I don't want to see that. Gross. Get out of here. I don't care. And I don't think that that movie will do well, despite how many millions of followers both of them have. I think that movie will tank at the box office because I do not think follower count translates into dollars, people, money people are willing to spend on you. You know? I just don't no, think it I is. I think you're right. Because, by the way, Taylor Swift would have sold more than uh, 800,000 records forevermore if, if her audience would show up for her. And yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. I, yeah. So I, I'll be interested to see how that goes. I like that Pierce Brosnan is in it. Do you know? Do you remember Pierce Brosnan? He's in oh this. Oh my gosh, I love Pierce Brosnan. Okay, I'm back in. The Pierce Brosnan essence is is back upon us. Remington Steel? You're telling me Remington Steel? James Bond is in it? Yes, yeah. I'm gonna do that. Yeah. Listen, that, the Broccoli family would never, but if they did, this would be incredible. God, so, did you know? Did you know that I did not realize until this week that the Broccoli family invented broccoli? Did you know that? Is Aaron, tell him. Are you doing no. a bit? It's not a bit. She they invented broccoli. Dana Schwartz told us that from Noble Blood, that Brock, their family hundreds of years ago created broccoli. Like they created it. And she I goes, feel like what? I'm in a lucid dream right now. I know. And I, I'm seeing something that is obviously not true and nonsensical. But I'm in so the dream landscape, you're just like, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, but here's the thing. They probably meet people at party and they're like, I'm Barbara Broccoli. And they're like, uh, the creator of broccoli. And she's like, yeah, and James Bond. You have created broccoli and James Bond. That's I love broccoli. Impressive. I had broccoli today. I love broccoli. In uh, a bag? Less so James bag. Bond. No, yeah, it was actually. It was actually. Mm-hmm. Now, according to Alexa, uh, the Etruscans invented broccoli. So, <laughs> ooh. Are you saying Dana Schwartz is a liar? Uh, I'm, I think Dana Schwartz is saying she's a liar. You know, I'm just, I'm just telling you. No, this is, it's, it's on their Wikipedia. Can I, so are you guys <laughs> telling me that Dana Schwartz said that the Broccoli family dreamed a dream and Broccoli was in that dream and they brought Broccoli like into fruition. It says like, that the Broccoli family whose members include Albert R. Broccoli and Barbara Broccoli are known in the 20th and 21st century for producing the James Bond films and also claim that the vegetable is named after their ancestors, the Broccolis of Carrera. Okay. So the Entruscans who lived in Carrera yeah. were the Broccoli family. And they so, named the food after themselves. I, like think we're at a dis- I think we're at a linguistic disconnect because what you both presented to me was that they engineered and created a vegetable. I still see about it. That could be true. And what the internet is telling me is that they just brought it to America and someone was like, what is this? And they were like, broccoli. It is called broccoli. They named us. it after themselves. That's so, their family name. Inventing or naming. 
those are do those are very different things. I think right they're now. equally important. <laughs> equally important. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Do you think dogs can eat broccoli? People are asking on Google. No, dogs cannot eat broccoli. Dogs can't eat broccoli. You can confirm that. Yeah. I do just want to say I there were lots of things there are lots of things coming out that I'm interested in. One I have seen, which is the documentary Descendant, which is about uh, it's based in Alabama, the last slave ship uh, Clotilda. It it will win best documentary of the year. Okay, I just am guaranteeing it. And but I also am excited. I don't like kid stuff ever, but Wendell and Wild. Did you see the trailer for Wendell and Wild? I did. I kind of love it. It's about two demons who meet a 13 year old girl to bring them to the land of the living, and I kind of like that vibe. All the voices. I'm I'm into that. And also, I am the person who wants to see Tar. Like okay. Tar with Kate Blanchett. I'm yeah, Tar, it's on my Stay Frosty list. So we'll talk about that in a second. But the uh, the right. Wendell and Wild, the only reason I am a little dubious about that, it's kind of inverse of School of Good and Evil um, with you, is because have you seen, there's like an anime TV show, I think on Fox, that is like, it, there's a, it's about a demon. Like, and she's like, but it's like cool demon like yeah. fun like breezy demon and people are already freaking out they're like how dare you how oh. dare you so like the, people only, are, the hope i have for wendell and wild is that it's the same guy who did Coraline. like he's the stop motion animator yes. so that gives me a lot of hope yeah i just I'm, I'm just like i'm just telling you jamie if people are freaking out about a white demon they're probably not gonna be great about a black demon they're just That's not gonna so feel great about that you guys i know give demons a chance give all demons a chance again i want black demons to underwhelm me white demons to underwhelm me that's right i want to be upset with everybody equally you know that's the dream uh losers for october i've got amsterdam here oh the, I, uh, please thank you i agree. okay I was, yeah. I was i was wondering how uh this is a david o russell starring every famous white person you've ever met in your life and denzel washington's son john david washington this violates the leading character principle i have and there's 12 in this movie there are 12 people who could lead their own movie the only person who gives me pause here is christian bale Christian Bale, I feel like singularly can carry a movie, um, but I don't. This kind of a little bit. This relates back to what you were saying at the beginning. I don't know that we've gotten like a like a hot David O. Russell movie in a minute, and this I don't is his know. First movie in seven years. He hasn't done one in seven years. So I don't know that he still has the handle, and I feel like the culture has shifted just so, and especially for someone who likes to scream at his actors and call them the c words. You know, I feel and like maybe sexually harassed his niece and and definitely do that like at a plan of fitness, which is woof. That's a that's a move to, to be sure. So I, I've got this as uh, coming in like fifty five and a half and I'll take the under uh, on the okay. tomato score. Yeah, I agree yeah. with that. I hope I actually genuinely hope it fails, like because I want there to be a message of like, stop doing this. Stop making movies with him. Yeah. Until he's like, because guys, it wasn't like he came out and was like, guys, I'm so sorry about what happened to my niece. He was like, what? So, yeah, I did do that. What's the deal? What's the boys going to be boys, et cetera. Like I don't like that. No, boys are not. Uh, I've also got Halloween Ends. Uh, this is the, I guess the end. It's never oh, going to okay. end. No, it's not the end. How dare you suggest that Jamie Lee Curtis will not come back next year with another Halloween movie. This is the end of the David Gordon Green Halloween movies, which right. I love David Gordon Green. He's Righteous Gemstones, Vice Principals, He's Bounded Down, Pineapple Express. Um, I love him. I don't necessarily love this take. His first iteration of this trilogy was, I think, like, 80%. It was pretty good on Rotten Tomatoes. The last one was not very good. I saw it. Uh, this one I have uh, hopes about, but I don't know. Do you, How many total Halloween movies, based on Michael Myers, do you think there are? Well, I assume there's at least 15 or 20. 15 or 20. Yeah. We'll, we'll split the difference at 17. As at 17. Aaron, do you have a guess? How many total Halloween movies? And do you know what Halloween movies are? Yeah, I know what they are. It's okay. the guy with the mask. Uh, that is Michael Myers. Ooh, look at look at Aaron. You look said at it. Aaron. You literally said it into her ears. Don't I wasn't like listening. Uh, I'm going to say 12. 
Uh, it's 13. It's 13. Very nice. Uh, Very well see, done. I thought Aaron. it was more. Here's the thing. They're always going to do well. Like, yeah. uh, they're Horror always going to make money. does really well. Yeah. yeah, they're always going to make a lot of money because it's just, uh, people love nostalgia horror. As somebody who really loves horror films, nostalgia horror is always going to win. It doesn't matter. We're just like, yay, Michael's back. Well, and, and I think I listened to an interview with Jason Blum. He talked about superhero movies are going to do well because they're superhero movies, but also horror movies are going to do well because you go into it and you're going to be scared and you're going to get yeah. a resolution. And it, in uh, a world where there's so much noise, you like that clarity. If I did a Smooch Mary Kill, Michael Myers, Freddy Krueger, Pennywise, where are y'all landing? I'm marrying Pennywise. Okay. Uh, Freddy Krueger, I'm killing. I don't like and, that. I don't like Freddy Krueger. And I'm, I'm kissing Michael Myers, for sure. I, I just feel like, honestly, I watch the Michael Myers movies, I'm like, I could get away. I could get away from him. Competent. He's not really? running. He's always walking. Aaron, I can, who would you, Pennywise, what would you do with him? That's a clown? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, he gets a kiss, a smooch. Teeth are tough. The teeth are tough. Yeah, but then I don't have to look at him if I'm kissing him. But Aaron, he's always trying to get you into storm drains. And I just feel like with your ankle... In this economy, that's not going to work. Listen, listen. There's that's a, a good st- point. Listen, there's a storm drain at my new house, and my neighbors and I, we all agreed that when the kids go into school on Halloween Day, when they come out, they'll be red a red balloon. balloon. Don't do that. I'm doing it. You I'm can't it. do that. You can't have the fairy tree without Pennywise being in the storm drain. Jamie, am I to understand that you think the children of Homewood have seen the Pennywise movies? <laughs> no, I don't. But I like the idea of this is going to call out the parents who are like not into me. I'll know right out of the gate. And then I could just have it, you know, because we were talking about it and they were like, oh my gosh, that would be so fun. And I was yeah. like, yeah, you're my favorite kind of parent. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Um, okay. Let's see. And then last loser. Uh, I think we, we alluded to this earlier. Ticket to Paradise. Ticket to Paradise. Y'all, no. <laughs> I watched that trailer again today in prep for this. Listen to me. Listen to me. Y'all, this is the guy who did uh, Mamma Mia colon. I'm sorry. Mamma Mia exclamation point. Here we go again. Yep. And not the original mom. I like that in the trailer. It's like Mamma Mia in the small font. Like, not, not the, the one you're one, thinking. Not the one you liked. Not the one you liked. The one you didn't like. And listen, I, good. you know who, who I'm proud of for t- doing this movie? Caitlin Dever. Get Caitlin your Dever. beach house, girl. Get your beach house. Like, do it. See, the funny thing is, like, this movie, uh, and it's it's uh, directed by a guy named Ole Parker. Ole Parker. <laughs> right. It's Oliver Parker, but he has chosen to professionally go by the name Ole Parker, which I think is hilarious. Um, but when I watched the trailer, I was like, I'm actually, I think Kaylin Dever is a more interesting performer at this point than George Clooney oh, and Julia Roberts. 100%. George Clooney, when was the last time George Clooney made a good movie? Like, I can't even name, I couldn't even imagine. Like, The Descendants, when, maybe? I don't know. It's been a minute. God, this, a minute. It, and it felt they like this don't make is their good version. movies together. As a reminder, they made Money Monster. Remember how bad that film oh. was? People were like, this is their sixth time out making movies together. None of the movies they've ever made together have been good, except Oceans. And I would argue that that is not a movie they made together. She, no. was, she was a side piece in that film, and she was supposed to just look hot coming down those stairs at the casino. She was not like, this was not a movie where their chemistry mattered. No, no to, no to all of it. If no. you don't count Hail Caesar, which I don't think you should, um, his last good movie was Gravity in 2013, which he is in for a minute <gasps> and he disappears into space. That is the whole premise yeah, of his role. Yeah, that's not his movie. movie. That's Sandra Bullock's movie. Yeah, The Descendants is 2011, which I think is a really good movie. Th- to me, this felt like their version of Cameo, you know? Like, uh, yeah. we're in Bali, we're doing it on our terms, we want to stay relevant. But like we're not really it's it just this kind of felt this felt very Mamma Mia ish, but almost like meet the parents ish. Oh, and yeah. I, I think both of them are stuck in this. I'm super famous, so I'm limited in the kind of roles I can take. I'm trying to slow down. 
but I do still want to work, but I don't know what kind of movies to be in. And it's, it's like, I feel like Brad Pitt is getting into this spot too. And it's kind of, it's very underwhelming. It's very underwhelming to see this trailer. Well, I'll be honest. I think Julia Roberts came along and was like, I want to be in what I want to be in. And she did the series that I did like. I did think she was good in the uh, Gimlet series. Homecoming yeah. In season one. But I feel like she comes along as like, why can't I just be, why can't I just be Nicole Kidman? And Nicole Kidman's like, uh, no, no, you can't no. be me because I've been out here working, doing the work to be a star in these shows. I signed up for all these stupid shows. I was in that one with Hugh Grant. I'm doing one shows. Reese. I'm telling you, we come to this place for heartbreak. Like, I'm doing everything, man. I'm, you can't just come in here from Austin and no. show up with your Danny Motor husband and act like Absurd. you can just come in here and make movies. No, no. Absurd. Um, okay, let's do, we'll just stay frosty and wrap up October. Um, you mentioned Tar. Uh, talk to me about why. Is it just because of Kate Blanchett? Is that why you're interested in Tar? I'm going to call it Tar Accent Mark because there is no. an accent mark and I don't know how to say it. Tar. Okay. I liked the trailer because it was weird. Then I did the very thing that you say to do, which was like, who is behind this movie? And it is Todd Field. Now, I loved, and listen, Todd Field never makes movies. Like, you have to wait like uh, five years, 10 years, 15 years to get a movie out of him. And listen, Little Children, one of the best. Like, it's one a good of the one. best films. In the bedroom. Loved in the bedroom. So for me, that was a bonus. I think Kate Blanchett, when she's not an ensemble, always has made a good choice. Yes. When she's in an ensemble film, I think she is not allowed to shine. And I think she is the quintessential leading actress. Like, just let me have the film. Maybe let Rooney Mara be my girlfriend. Other than that, let me just cook. Yeah. And when she can cook, I think she does a good job. And then this concept is weird enough. Because her last name, the, the Tar comes from her last name is Tar in the movie. She's Lydia Tar. She's the conductor of a German orchestra. Yeah. Maybe she's not like Mr. Holland's opus. Like, she's legit, like, the greatest conductor who ever lived or whatever. Uh, I, like, I think, I think in a lot of ways, I think Nicole Kidman is, like, how the product looks on Amazon. And Kate Blanchett is how the product looks when you get it at home, you know? Yeah. And I don't mean that as a as a, as a, a insult. I mean, like, she's actually useful. You know, right, she's right. not aspirational anymore. Uh, the, uh, you kind of mentioned the only issue I have with this movie is um, tough feel. I think it's 16 years after his last movie. Yeah, it's just it's things are a little that different. That is now. a long time. Things that are is. a little different. Well, I will say my favorite thing was like this is a drama. This uh, conductor is in the at, at the beginning of a, or is about to have a book launch, and I thought, let me tell you, when people are at their darkest, when they're yeah. about to launch a book, I You're listen. I'm surrounded by people. I'm <laughs> here with a here right now with someone, guys. The right before a book launch is the darkest timeline, like no, always. That's yeah. when you capture. That's when a, a good movie is being made. Though I'll tell you that right now. Um, I I'll do these uh, a couple here really quick, and then I'll end on my last one. Mr. Harrigan's phone. This is a Stephen King uh, adjacent property. It's. It, Basically, it's about a kid who befriends an old man, and then the old man dies. Sorry, spoiler alert. And he keeps talking to the kid from the grave, like when the kid's getting bullied. Uh, there was big apt pupil vibes for me from this. Oh, yeah. No, it's, and but I, Donald and I, Sutherland, I, I don't, I'll show up for Donald Sutherland. Like Donald Sutherland being menacing is just... It's, it's just best. like guaranteed 70% on Rotten Tomatoes. I love it. I love to see it. Uh, we've got Till. This is the story of Emma Till, really through, uh, about the story of his mother and her pursuit for justice. This is not going to be a fun hang. This is not going to be a, like a cool, breezy time. Uh, but no. th- I feel like there's a really, really important story. And it seems like even just when you watch the trailer, it feels like the setup of like easy, breezy, the, the, the use of color, you know, before what happens when oh, the story yeah. happens. Right. They're really like lulling you into like, this is not this this person this individual exists as a as a kid first 
you know, and then something horrific happens. So I think that's a, that's going to be a really important movie to watch. Uh, but I want to talk to you about Triangle of Sadness. Did you see Triangle of Sadness? Uh, the I trailer? did. And listen, I will say when I read the synopsis, which is what I did before I watched the trailer, yeah. I was like, no. And then I watched the trailer and I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was very into the trailer. I was like, is this is this parasite? But for well, and, you know, people, it, my note, I've got this is White Lotus as a movie on a cruise okay. and just more European. You know, it kind of feels like the same thing. Woody Harrelson's involved. There's an actress. I I, I don't have her name and I apologize, but she looks like a young Kate Bosworth to the point where it's distracting when you see her because it feels like it should be Kate Bosworth, but it's not Kate Bosworth. But basically, uh, Cruise for the Super Rich sinks, leaving survivors, uh, including a fashion model celebrity couple trapped on an island. It's a send up of the wealthy, like eat the rich kind of deal. Uh, And it looks it looks super European and weird, but also very funny. So I think those are some uh, to stay frosty on. Overall, I don't feel like it's. It's kind of a top-heavy month, uh, but I don't, I don't know that there's like a huge banger gonna, uh, going off in the month. No, know? I agree with that. I will say I also think a loser of this month will be My Policeman, which is the Harry uh, Styles. So you're, uh, you're short in the Harry Styles uh, acting uh, uh, journey, I've huh? Seen, I've, I spent uh, two and a half hours watching him act. I know you did too, and I think you're uh, clear on uh, how this is going to go. So uh, for me, it's a no, it's a no for me dog yeah. on that film. I also... Uh, I am interested in The Good Nurse, mainly because I love that story uh, about the angel of death. And that is going to be Eddie Redmayne, Jessica Chastain, which, by the way, that that feeds into like it was written by the uh, it was written by the girl who wrote 1917 and Last Night in Soho. Beautiful. I was like, I'm into that. I didn't know the director, but I like that it was just kind of the two of them and their kind of conflict. I have such hope for Jessica Chastain that she's going to have a good run this end of the year. And so this, because she was in some garbage films earlier this year, 355. Yeah, yeah I'm looking at you. That was awful. <laughs> I'm, I can't, I've still not recovered from that. But I'm, I, that he, he's kills over 400 patients over 16 years. Like I'm into that. Yeah. Fun, just a super light, breezy, fun, loving buddy. I'll be on thing. Netflix at the end of the month. So yeah, look forward to that. Look forward to that. Okay. So November, so November is a big month and that is where we're getting the tentpole films that you're all going to see and that we're all going to freak out over and love. And so the winners to me are pretty clear. And we've actually talked about a couple of these in the more, you know, because they've come up in conversations, but the first of course is going to be Black Panther Wakanda forever. It comes out number November 11th. The fact that, you know, it's such a, it's really so bittersweet because we obviously, uh, uh, we don't have Chadwick Boseman, but I do love that everybody's kind of rising to the occasion. Also, we're getting Michaela Cole, who's been yeah. added to the cast. So I'm looking forward to that. I think that's a huge winner. I think another winner is, of course, The Fablemans. We talked about The Fablemans is a kind of semi-autobiographical film from Steven Spielberg about his own parents. It's Paul Dano plays his dad. Uh, Michelle Williams plays his mom. This showed up at the Venice Film Festival, and it was universally beloved by every critic that I read. Critics who never agree, agreed on this film. And November 11th, what a perfect, like, going into Thanksgiving. Like, this is a film that you feel like everybody's going to want to take their mom to or their dad to or their grandparents or whatever. And I I will say, if this movie underwhelms, that's the sign that Steven Spielberg is cooked. Because everything is set up. It's nostalgia. It's heartful. It's the perfect weekend. And if if you're not interested in a story where you try to make your dad love you through making movies, um, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just not going to work for all Steve anymore. Maybe not. Know? That's right. And Seth Rogen like, plays his dad's best yeah. friend, which I'm interested in. So anyway, this is a good, solid cast. Now, so those are... 
And then my fun winner that maybe you're not expecting is Weird, colon, the Al Yankovic story. I, I mean, think, I saw that trailer. I was like, this got Jamie's winner all over it. You know that I'm going to love it. Plus, <laughs> all the early reviews are, this is phenomenal. This yeah. is unexpected. And why this is so unexpected is, guys, you're going to have to watch this on the Roku channel. And you don't even know how to get that. And it's so stunning that Roku was like, we're going to we're getting into business now too. And I know we think that's crazy, but like it was also crazy that Netflix started making movies and that Peacock makes movies. Like that's weird too, but Roku Channel feels especially weird. Okay, what what a spin zone, what a publicist move, what a publicist <laughs> corner by you. Uh Aaron, if we gave you one day and unlimited resources and time to find the Roku Channel, could you find it in 24 hours? <laughs> I don't think my Roku works anymore. <laughs> It would I be 12 hours just getting exploded out of it. And I don't think it works. Anymore. She'd be like, where are two single light batteries? And why do I need two single light batteries right now for the remote? First of all, Stop it. I, Listen, this stars Daniel Radcliffe as weird Al Yankovic. Yes. I kind of love that. It's weird that it's no pun intended that it's this origin story for a comedian and performer that I would say most people that Gen, Gen Z doesn't even know who that is. You know yeah. what I mean? And so I like that this is very much in the wheelhouse of a certain group of people. I, of course, am included in that group of people. And when it went to film festivals, the reviews were consistent that it was excellent. Uh, well, and um, I think you're right. I think this is, I don't know. It's not going to do big numbers, obviously. No. But this has the feeling of a uh, cult classic. Yes. Because I do think you're right. I think Weird Al Yankovic is one of those cultural touchstones for a specific group of people but if you're in that group i'm i'm also in that group i think it really will resonate with you and it'll be an interesting story that's not well told or told that much you know no that's right so as far as losers this month listen i, I and i i hate to come after kids movies because i know that i'm not the audience but i have read a lot about strange world which is going to be the 61st disney animated film and it and listen when your lead voice is jake gyllenhaal okay and for yeah. those reasons I'm out. Like, I'm sorry, it's Dennis Quaid and Lucy Liu, the infamous voice actors. No, no, ma'am. They no, really ma went to the bottom drawer for voice talent. And I think this is, if you're looking for what movie is Fox News going to pregame my elder relatives into yelling at me about <laughs> over Thanksgiving, <laughs> it's going to be this one. Because the, one of the characters is gay, and you're just going to get the whole deal with right, it. Right, because this is going to be the first time that there's been... And, like, I love that, but again... This is not a good movie. Like, I, don't, I just don't think there's something about this. Disney does not have a history of being able to do sci-fi well at all anyway. That's until right. Until like 20 years later, and we're like, wasn't Atlanta's great? No, it wasn't. It still you, wasn't, but it's fine to be okay with it now. That's, that's okay right. too. That's right. And then my other Disney that I'm going to say is a loser this month is going to be Disenchanted. I think it speaks to what you said is like, you can wait too long for a mm. sequel and then you're screwed. Guys, the original Enchanted came out 15 years ago. Wow. It's too late. Amy Amy Adams isn't Giselle anymore. Do you know what I mean? And it's okay. She's something else. And I also am mad that Amy Adams is being taken from other things she could be making to make yeah. this. The fact that suddenly Patrick Dempsey is a play with Amy Adams. No, that shouldn't be the case. No. That's ridiculous. Can I say something ridiculous? Permission to speak frankly? Yes. Was Enchanted that good in the, in the beginning? Oh, now I liked Enchanted because I just it's fine. I think at the time. It's fine. Yeah, but I liked that it was different. Like it wasn't animated yes. and I liked that it was like, what happens? I mean, it's animated at the beginning, but like what happens if you take these people into the real world? Could they thrive? No, they could not. No, they could Yeah, not. no, they wouldn't. They wouldn't. So, okay. And then, of course, there's some clock. I just want to rapid fire some losers. Of course. Uh, Lindsay Lohan is back with a Christmas film called Falling for Christmas. Well, Here's how you know it's bad. 
Her co-stars are Cord Overstreet and Jack Wagner. Guys. Oh, that is. That's not good. That's not good. Then uh, Kristen Bell, Kristen Annie Bell, has a comedy called The People We Hate at the Wedding. I like the name of that movie. This is her and Ben Platt. Listen, this is, can you, can I read the description? Uh, The film follows struggling American siblings. What? Mm, What? That's a, that's a normal way to describe a movie. What? Kristen Bell and Ben Platt? God, they're going to make us listen to them sing at a wedding, aren't they? Because you know that's what's going to happen. And they they have – their mother is Alice and Janie. Alice and Janie was the only thing that might have pulled me out of it, but that's a no for me. Also, uh, a no for uh, Tony Collette. Now, listen, if I told you Tony Collette is trying to be her rich aunt Kathleen Turner's beneficiary in the estate, you'd be like, tell me more. Yeah, I'm in. What if I told you Tony Collette's sister is Anna Ferris? Oh, for those reasons, I am out, but I do wish you luck in your endeavor. <laughs> so to me, and I will say, I'm a little nervous, and I'm going to get some pushback for this. I'm actually a little nervous about the movie She Said, which is the story of the Me Too investigation. Oh, you mean Spotlight But Women? Spotlight But Women, and in the trailer, literally they're saying, how do you get a woman to tell you stuff that they do? And <laughs> then Carrie Mulligan acts like this elder yeah. To the other, I guess, the other reporter being like, well, you know what you do? You just ask them. And then you just tell them the truth that you can't change the past, but you can change the future it, for other like people. The, and I went, I'm sorry, who wrote this script? This is awful. <laughs> this is so, awful. This is, uh, you're talking about Zoe Kazan? Uh, yes, Zoe is, Kazan. Is, it, Tom Pelfrey is in this, which I, I'm really excited about. Andre Brower, uh, Brower uh, Patricia Clarkson. But the, you're, this, the scene you're describing it does feel like in an action movie when the hero has to like climb a mountain to get to the sage to right. find some piece of advice that's like really crucial. And Carrie Mulligan's just like, just, just tell the truth with the Starbucks, like while she's on the Starbucks. That's pretty incredible. It's pretty and ballsy. Not, and listen, she said the book is magical. Go read it. I, this makes me nervous. It makes me very, very nervous. Every spring, I'm reminded that there's nothing like a fresh start in spring cleaning. This year, we're taking things one step further with our spring refresh at the McCoy House. Sure, it's been a lot of work to get here, but we're all so excited to settle into our new space. If you've ever moved before, you know there's nothing like the first night in a new room and the difference that soft, breathable, all-new bedding can make. Bowl and Branches signature sheets are the perfect way to start upgrading your sleep and are designed to feel incredible for all sleepers. They're made with the finest 100% organic cotton and feel incredible on night one, yet they still get softer with every single wash bowl and branch very kindly sent us a code to try out their sheets and i and by i i mean my wife ashley picked the signature hemmed sheet set in cream we both were so impressed that the quality and softness were so good and so nice they were super breathable which i'm also thankful for with summer just around the corner sleep better with the softest most breathable bedding from bowl and branch go to bowlandbranch.com slash podcast for 15 percent off your first sheet set plus free shipping that's bowl and branch b-o-l-l-a-n-d branch.com slash podcast for 15% off exclusion supply see site for details now as for my stay frosty i am going listen this is the weirdest three movies i'm ever going to mention to you in one breath the first is devotion okay look we are a we are into the need for speed now yeah we proved that with top gun so having glenn powell and our beloved our beloved jonathan majors yeah kong the canker Yes, come together in a period piece about the Korean War and Flyboys having drama and all the things. Navy pilots, they're playing Navy pilots. It's based on a true story. Everything about that is a win. So okay. I think people are going to love that. Yes, but I, like, I'm with you. You know, you know 
I love these two guys. You right. know I love Glenn Powell. Right. This does feel like midway to Pearl Harbor, right? The oh, no. production the value feels a little dicey. Can you name I, anybody else in this movie besides Glenn Powell and Jonathan Majors? No, but they're pretty enough for me to be satisfied. I do like this. Like, well, Top Gun worked. Maybe we could do this. this <laughs> part of this, when I was watching, I was like, this feels like Remember the Titans, but in the air, you know? Okay, but like, what, what about that sentence is bad? Nothing. I, nothing. nothing. <laughs> Put that bus in the air. Okay, then the second, the second movie is Bones and All, Hear mm. Me Out. Okay. Hear me out. Have you seen the trailer for this? I, well, Listen. I've seen the limited uh, footage that they've given okay. me so far. Hear, hear me out. So this is uh, Luca uh, Guadagnino, yeah. who did Call Me By Your Name, a great film, and did Suspiria, a great horror yes. something. Yes. I mean, it was tough, right? So he is he is partnering back up with Timothee Chalamet mm-hmm. for a dark romance uh he's gonna be opposite i think it's uh taylor russell that's right and it is the story of these two in the 80s and they are two lovers who go on a road trip across the u.s and they're also cannibals what yes yes so kind of natural born killers like emo natural born killers which is interesting let me just uh let me do like verbal verbal meme okay charlie day from it's always sunny with the red thread and like yes, the, the right, board. So right. we've got Timothy Chalamet and cannibalism. We've right. got Luca Guadagaguanino and right. cannibalism. Right. Uh, who was also in Call Me By Your Name? See, that's the best part is the cannibal that we all know and hate, which is... Interesting. Army Hammer. Army that's Hammer. A, but look, we're into know. cannibal movies now. Fresh Meat earlier this year with yeah. Sebastian Stan. We're into it. We're into yeah. it. So okay. we're doing it. And no, I see, I'm, what I'm saying, Jamie, what I'm bringing to you is a wide-ranging conspiracy where Army Hammer has been framed. I haven't seen the documentary based what? on him, so I can't, you know, I can't comment on that. But I would like to just put that out into the universe. Maybe that, Timothy Chalamet is framing him for cannibalism. Listen, to this. I love this. You, so basically, you're saying I haven't seen anything about it, right. Nor know any facts, but I do think he's being framed. Also, haven't read are anything. You, I also, haven't my, read anything or listened my, to anything. Are you my uncle John? What's happening? What's I happening? am a Reddit incel just throwing out <laughs> takes right now. Okay, and then my final movie, it's almost in the vein, kind of, of the triangle of sadness. Listen, I like any movie where rich people get taken down, and that yeah. is the movie The Menu, yeah. coming out November 18th. Now, this stars, this is a this is a good group of people. Ray Fiennes, which I'm into. He plays a chef who, uh, he, is at this, he is the chef at an excre- extremely exclusive restaurant. They invite people in. The, this couple comes in, played by Anya Taylor-Joy and Nicholas Holt, both of whom I love. And uh, they have a very interesting dinner that, that lends itself in the trailer to make it seem like one of them are going to be on the menu. Yeah. And I freaking love it. And I love it. And it looks, it looks slick. I love Ray Fiennes for life. I've loved yeah, him forever. Yeah, he's channeling like Voldemort with the nose and with a sense of like culinary stuff. This, uh, if anybody, if you, if you saw The Hunt with Betty Gilpin, it's got a similar, yes. it's got like a nicer yes. uh, bourgeois The Hunt, uh, where uh, there's probably some light cannibalism involved too. We're not doing December because even though December is a fall month, the majority of December is a fall month. Yeah, yeah. You're holding that for our smooch merry kill for December. So. We want, and I, I think December is such a, it's such a movie focused in certain respects that we want to really hone in on that. So uh, we'll revisit that in a couple months. But that is it for our conversation about the fall movie preview. If you thoughts and opinions on our thoughts and opinions, please let us know. Nice jam.com slash 473. All right, Jamie, you want to do some lights? <gasps> Let's do some lights. All right. What is your red light this week? Rapid red lights. Let's go. 
Let's go. First up, Adam Levine. You're gross. You can't DM folks who are not your wife and say things to them like, quote, I may need to see the booty. You sound like a pirate. You're disgusting. Get out of here. You're 43. I may need to see the booty. <laughs> She's got bait. She's having your baby. Gross. Yeah. You're gross. Second, Swift Talk. Listen, the conspiracy theories that the first single, listen, if I hear, if I see another person say, hey, her first single starts with M and the second single starts with V and that spells MV, which oh stands God. for music video, we're probably getting a music video this week. Yeah, y'all thought she was headlining the Super Bowl, didn't you? Yeah, y'all went like that. Guess who's not headlining the Super Bowl? No, it's new mom Rihanna, which I'm very into. Yeah. I'm very into. Do you think she can gather all the men that wish they could have hit that? You oh. know, Drake. Eminem, like just gathered them all. They, they're Calvin Harris. They're all going to be twenty five guys, and it's, uh, Kevin Durant's going to sing. He doesn't even sing, but he'll she's be there gonna, too. She's going to make them hold their baby. That's she's right. Like hold ASAP Rocky's baby. Okay. Third. Speaking of Swift talk, I'm also going to give a red light to Taylor Swift. Did you just tell your fans that if they buy four of the same album, that it makes a clock? No. Absolutely not. Evermore didn't even sell a million copies, and I get it. You got to sell some albums, right? Your last four albums didn't sell combined as many copies as 1989 did. I get it. I get it. You got to sell albums, but that's not the way to do it. Those poor little Swifties, Swifties trying to figure out how can they afford four vinyls that have the exact same songs on them. Don't do that to them. That's not hey, fair. Here's an idea. Maybe what Harry Styles is doing is being like, I'm going to do acting for a little bit, and I'll be bad. And I'll distract some of the, I'll take the uh, the piss out of the sting of people like not liking me. Yeah. And then I'll go back to making music and they'll like me again. Maybe Taylor Swift needs to be like a bad actress for a little isn't bit. Isn't that what Taylor Swift did though? She was in Cats and she's in Amsterdam that we hope fails horribly. You know, yeah. like, isn't that? Yeah, isn't she's that in Valentine's Day she and she should have won an Oscar. I maintain that. Stop That's it. A, Stop it. A hot take. Okay. Fourth red light, rapid red light. I don't even understand it, but guess what? I'm over Tom Brady and Giselle. I'm over it. I don't care what's happening in their lives. I don't care why is every headline on people. She's mad. He's sad. They're together or not. I don't yeah. care. I don't care. I don't care. And then fifth and final, Rebs. Hey, Rebs. You no. listening? No. Rebs on Great British Baking Show. You know what you did? We talked about it at length in The More You Know. You're disgusting. Pull up your shirt! No, oh! listen. She just got her eyebrows done, and she's just a little off kilter. Give her some space, okay? Let she, her let her cook a little bit. Sh- Can I add uh, a red light to your rapid red light? Please, of course. Uh, Texas fans, um, you no longer Uh-oh. can say we we barely lost Alabama. Ergo, we're good. You literally lost to Texas Tech. So uh, is Texas Tech bad? They're not good. They're not great. Oh, and, and then, I'm not gonna say the Texas fan I know. Rita. Yeah, sorry, Rita. Um, man, we have talked about a lot of cannibalism in this episode. I'm gonna continue that theme here. Because I'm going to talk about the uh, the Dahmer movie on Netflix. Yes, like the little the series, I didn't watch the it. Series. I didn't watch it. Oh, it's a series. I didn't yeah. realize it was a series. <laughs> yeah. Um, I definitely didn't watch it. And but it, but when I click on when I went to Netflix to go watch the Great British whatever show baking show uh-huh. sure that one um you know the, the Dahmer comes up so I watched the little preview right. okay in the preview um he invites a guy back to his apartment right. Yeah. And the guy walks in, okay? And the guy walks in, he goes, ooh, what's that smell? All right? <laughs> and then he looks around, and he sees, like, days-old trash on the table and on the counter. And then he turns and looks at Jeffrey Dahmer, and Jeffrey Dahmer makes a big show of, like, locking the door behind him. Oh, yeah, I saw that. And I would just like to say, hey, everybody, take a knee. Coach Knox here. <laughs> I don't care how down bad you are for anyone or anything. If you go to someone's house for romantic purposes and smell decomposing smells and, or see, like, days-old trash still out – or three, the person 
makes a big show about locking the door behind them. You are not in a romantic situation anymore. This is Mortal Kombat. You got to fight your way out. You got to get out of here immediately. That's ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And I would say, if you're listening right now, I'd like you to go to Dahmer on Rotten Tomatoes and see that the critic score is 45 and the audience score is 87. You need oh. to click on that audience score and you need to figure out that those are all serial killers who love this. Okay, I hope those are all watch potential. Now. The, I hope yeah, this is exactly, a trap. Exactly. That's ridiculous. I just I'm I don't think like I'm an aspirational figure or like I have an aspirational lifestyle, but I think the one way because of people the chicken should, and the, the chicken no, and the Ziploc bag. <laughs> no, listen, listen. If you're ever gonna WWCKD, what would Coach Knox do? You like in public spaces, you got to know where exits are, and in personal interactions, the first thing you should do before like even asking their name is figure out how you how would you defend yourself against that person if they try to attack you. Like Aaron, I kick her in the ankle. You, I just hold your head oh, yeah, like a middle right. school bully and just like wait until you stop. <laughs> but I know that. You know, I've, I've thought about right. that. I've spent that time. You know, listen, uh, if anybody knows anybody at Stashers, could we get Stashers to support our show and get Knox some reusable uh, bags, little zipper bags? Oh, Stasher, wow. become a sponsor. Okay. What, what is Stashers? Where does that come from? Did you just Stasher. Google that? Did you no, Google I- chicken bags while I was talking about like no, how to defend I'm yourself? No, I'm just saying you using Ziploc bags it's not good for the environment you, you don't know if I'm that, reusing these you don't know if I'm reusing these oh do you oh my gosh are you reusing them don't say you're reusing them you can't see you can't checkmate me by saying <laughs> if you are you're disgusting but if you're not you're disgusting to the environment that's not fair that's, that's not right fair, well man. those are facts that's science I can't help you how do you spell stashers I'm gonna look that up while you Stasher, talk about your green light like it sounds what do you yeah. think it has like uh, like it has like seven ends what are you talking about it could, it could be, have an accent more like tar and K Blanchett okay I have two green lights the first and they're both TV shows because who has time to read? So first up is a reboot on Hulu. It's a sitcom. We had talked about it in the Smooch Mary Kill because we were like, will this be good? You guys, it's so cute. Listen, it's not, you're not going to be like, this is the best comedy that's ever been. But I'll tell you, you're going to love it. It's on Hulu. It is a reboot about the dysfunctional cast of an early 2000s hit sitcom called Step Right Up. It stars, okay, so it's the mom and dad are Judy Greer, who you are going to see her breast. In the first 10 minutes of episode one. This is not suitable for uh, Jamie's mom, okay? And you're going to hear the C word. So if that's not your vibe, skip this. But Keegan-Michael Key plays her current husband, who is the stepdad to her son. And let's talk about the guy playing the kid grown up. So perfect, because he's technically never grown up. You've also got a Johnny Knoxville is playing his actual biological dad. There is a lot of chaos in the show. It is very funny. Rachel Bloom... A lot of like, how do you merge? If you like TV, and I know that not everybody here is into pop culture. You just are very kindly liking us. But if you like the concept of like, what would writers from shows in the 90s do if they had to write on Atlanta today? Mm. Like, it's some comedy will will come to the surface. And so Paul Reiser plays the original showrunner. And it's, there's a fun reveal at the end of the first episode. It's a very funny show. I really enjoyed it. Like, it's very funny. So uh, there's four episodes out now, so you can watch. And then my second one, I was not prepared. Y'all, so Knox has been saying for years that if you have a standard IP that's really famous, that lots of people love, what you have to do is take that IP and tell stories within this setting of that, but don't like just dredge up old characters and keep making stuff about them. And I think he's right. And I think the evidence of that is for sure. Andor on Disney plus Andor is listen, the first 10 minutes of that first episode. And I was like, well, this is phenomenal. You already know this is different. Listen, The script guys, the script, I cannot get over 
the, the dialogue and what the stories they're telling that you don't even realize they're telling, but you kind of know they're telling. Diego Luna, forget it. Listen, there's sex in Star Wars now. Very yeah. exciting. I was not prepared for sex to be canon in this IP. But they're doing the very thing, which is take the setting and tell a great story and that so you don't and you may be thinking well i don't even watch star wars you don't have to watch star wars no. to understand what the story they're telling in this which is him he's a thief he gets in over his head and now he has to save himself and that's where we're at and it's they're doing such a phenomenal job every player is bringing something like they're heavy hitting they're bringing something unique to the table i freaking love it i love it i, I want to i'm I, i'm with you i'm so excited it's so good i, I want to Get, I haven't looked yet at the behind the scenes of like how involved Kathleen Kennedy is or is not. Yeah. Yeah. I, my, my spidey sense is that she is not. Um, but it just, it captures this, like it's, it's honoring to Star Wars, but there, and it's kind of, um, I don't know, clever. And it feels like Aladdin in space, but with political ramifications yes. and seriousness. Yeah. And I was like, man, I didn't think this would be good, but this is really, really good. Like it's so well done. That's a good call. It's so well done. So, okay. What's your green light? I've got two. They are books. Uh, the first one is one I think I mentioned a couple, or I guess a month ago in our uh, SMK for uh, the month, and it's Bliss Montage by Ling Ma. Um, this it's oh, again, yeah. uh, it's a short stories collection uh, of um, uh, characters trying to make their way through and navigate like madness versus reality. Um, I'm, I'm just the biggest fan of short stories. I think if you, I, I just like the form. First of all, I like the ability to resolve something quickly, but I also like that I can knock one out really, really fast, right? Like that's the whole point of short stories. Uh, and Ling Ma is just a masterful writer. So I think uh, if you're at all interested in short stories, you will enjoy this collection. And then I'm also going to green light all that's left unsaid by Tracy lean, I think. Um, and this is a book about, uh, Kai, who is a young Vietnamese Australian woman who returns home to her family in the wake of her brother's murder. Uh, and she returns, she's a journalist. She, she wants to obviously mourn, but she also, uh, also wants to find out what happened. Uh, and as she investigates, we get this story that, um, uh, you know, obviously hones in on the mystery of what's happening, but also on the bonds and obligations of, of your family and your friends and your community. Uh, it's very fast paced. Uh, and it's even though it's a work of fiction, the setting, the 1990s, uh, I think it's Cabramada, is based in reality. As it, it's this place, it's this melting pot of white Australians and Vietnamese refugees. I had no idea this was a real thing, so I was fascinated by that context. Um, and in that way, it almost becomes like its own character, you know, just that melting pot uh, feeling of these two very different, um, I don't know, uh, ethnicities and like uh, worldviews uh, coming together. But um, I, I think stories like this tend to get mired down um, and tend to linger too much on the cultural connotations or ramifications. But I like that this was backgrounded in a really important way, not, not to like de-emphasize it, but backgrounded uh, in uh, this larger mystery that keeps your attention while you're learning something okay, uh, subconsciously like too. So two really good books uh, that I highly recommend. Um, all right, that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. And for regard, remember anytime you're doing shopping on Amazon, make sure you go to amazon.com slash shop slash the podcast first. So your purchase is your favorite link. Our favorite item purchase using that link this week was, Jamie, this is a cat pheromone diffuser. Listen, I wasn't even prepared for what this is. This has four out of five stars, 22,000 reviews. People freaking love this thing. However, people have a lot of questions. Mm. First up, does having the windows open reduce the effectiveness of the diffuser? Just 
one answer. Yes. Yeah, of course it does, you idiot. Yeah. Second, a storekeeper actually told me that if the cat sees you plug in the diffuser, he will know it's fake and it won't work. Really? The person wrote, yes. No, that's stupid. What? (laughs) Third, will this help my cat get along with my dog? One person answered, no. A lot of, like, just, and then my favorite question, does this help with excessive whining? The person wrote, no. The only cure for that is to ignore your cat completely. Don't look at them. Leave the house if necessary. I like this person. I appreciate it. I'm into this. All right, you guys, don't forget, if you are a B-Fot, we are having a watch party on Friday night for Hocus Pocus 2. You can go to the link in the show notes or go to knoxandjamie.com slash watch party to learn more. I'm Jamie Golden. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jamie B. Golden. I'm Knox Coy. You can find me on socials at Knox McCoy. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye, guys.